0: Women in White Coats is here to uplift women doctors just like you. Empowering you in your personal and professional life. I'm Dr. Amber Robbins. And I'm Dr. Archana Shrestha. We are doctors, best-selling authors, and the co-founders of Women in White Coats.
1: Now, are you ready for a culture shift where women empower women?
0: Join us to get a glimpse of what life is like as a woman doc.
1: And guess what? You'll discover that you're
0: not alone. We're here to give you positivity and keys to balancing your life. This is the Women in White Coats podcast. Hey, Sister Docs, have you lost your passion for being a physician? You are not alone. Nearly 50% of women doctors report burnout. Well, I'm here to tell you that you don't have to burn out. Instead, choose to burn bright in a unique online CME course created specifically for women doctors. Join the co-founders of the Women in White Coats blog, Dr. Amber Robbins and Dr. Archana Shrestha for a 12-month long journey back to you. You'll reconnect with your purpose and your passions, and in the process, will come out the other side feeling happy while burning bright. Oh, and when you sign up for this online course, you'll also earn up to 17 hours of Category 1 CME. To learn more, head on over to womeninwhitecoats.com forward slash CME. All right, now back to the episode. Welcome, everybody, to the Women in White Coats podcast. My name is Dr. Archana Shrestha. I'm one of the co-founders of Women in White Coats, and I have the pleasure of talking today with Dr. Latifat, or also known as money Fit MD. And Dr. Latifat is a practicing gastroenterologist. She is also a money and mindset coach using her extensive knowledge about personal finance and skill set as a certified life coach she partners with women physicians to diagnose and treat the root cause of their money problems so i love this whole concept of coaching around money latifat and i just want to ask like you know women doctors obviously are incredibly smart right they've done all the things they've done their undergrad their med school they're board certified in their field but why why is it that we can't some of us, I guess, um, struggle with money. Yeah. Hi, thanks
1: for having me on today. And I hope that it's warm where you are. <laughs> it's not here. Um, but yeah, it's something that I definitely found fascinating because I was one of those women, right? I went through med school, col- you know, college, med school, residency, and then fellowship because I'm a GI physician. And it didn't make sense to me that I did not automatically have money, right? Because if you think about it, we know that medical training takes forever and we've been taught, don't worry about it. It'll pay in time. Don't worry about it. It may cost money now, but you make it back in time. It's a good investment. And I still agree with that. However, what the, the downside to that is, is we've been taught not to think about money. We've been taught that money is automatic that just exists and the money will come. So and part of that is we're not allowed to talk about money right any it's like a taboo in medicine. Once you start asking about money if you start asking the details or thinking about it. People look at you like you're anti vaccine or anti science right so all of those things because Most of the time, there are things we communicate, there are things we actively learn, but there are also the unconscious message that we're getting. So even forgetting about how you grew up, medical training itself is teaching you don't think about money, don't talk about money, money will take care of itself. So then you finish all your medical training, you start working as an attendant, and you find out that money is not taking care of itself. And unconsciously, you start to worry about money, and you start working more, you start resting less, you start worrying about it. And then it's really hard for people to go from that place of not worrying about it to realizing that, you have to think about it so that you don't have to worry about it. So that for me has been the biggest thing that I've found is not looking at it like that lack of awareness we have. We're worrying, but we're not actively taking a mirror and going, let's actually see what this stuff is because even our medical training has taught us not to do that. And then when we're not at how we were raised, you know, we all come from diverse families, but I don't know what your family's taught you about money. Maybe you guys never taught it talked about it. Maybe you guys thought that rich people were bad because those were the examples that you were saying. Maybe you guys thought, well, money was so available that you didn't have to think about it or money was not available at all that you did not want to think about it. So there's so much baggage that we can carry and that now shows up in our lives now. And it's really important for us to address that because like you mentioned earlier we're highly capable we're intelligent we're doing all those crazy things at work we tab joints we do skills we like fix people's eyes we literally bring people back to life you know we do brain surgery but then when it comes to money we're so fear we're so afraid of it but we can't tell anybody because we're meant to be we're badass women physicians right how can i tell you that my money life is like a crap show so,
0: yeah oh my god you raised so many great points there uh, had Like just even the whole point of medicine, right? And we're supposed to just take care of the patient, don't worry about the financial side of it. We're almost taught like, which is a total myth and a lie that medicine is not a business, right? Like we're supposed to just take care of the patient, don't worry about the whole business side of your practice or the business side of whatever. And in fact, for me, I chose emergency medicine because I didn't wanna think about the money side of taking care of patients. I just wanted to take care of them and even if they couldn't pay, I just want to take care of them, right? And so I, I purposely chose that for one of those reasons. Mm. But um, but yeah, I mean, that's such a great point that the medical training kind of, kind of leads you not to think about it. You're supposed to be very altruistic. It's all about patient care and giving them whatever they need. Don't worry about the financial side of it or if you get paid, right? Which, I mean, there's definitely a validity to that, but we can't completely ignore it. And I even just like the whole point of like how we grew up and I think um, especially most women and girls, right, like we, at least in my family, like my, my mom, I didn't see my mom really handling the finances so much. It was more my dad, you know, and I think that's very common in a lot of families where the men are handling it or they're handling the investments and things like that, and so you just don't also get exposure to it or, or you kind of start to think maybe that's men's work and not women's work. Yep, yep, exactly,
1: exactly all that, and I agree with you 100% that we're physicians, we're by default, and I, you know, this sounds silly to people that are not in the medical field, but honestly, there are only a few people that would go through what physicians go through, which is not, you know, go through the med school is you don't understand how gruesome it is until you go through it and mm-hmm. residency you don't understand how gruesome it is until I mean you're like working 80 hours and I remember as a resident then I actually sat down and I thought about how much I was getting paid I would have made more by working at McDonald's and I had family responsibilities I mean yes we're going to get paid more in future however there's a delayed gratification there is a training there's a constraint that medical students and people in medicine have to Practice that people don't necessarily get. So yes, when we're do like hallelujah. I don't want to have to worry about money. I just want to be a doctor because that's what I've been training to do for like seven to ten years, right? So there is that part of it which, like you mentioned, we want run away from the business of medicine. But I honestly think that that's part of the reasons why the, you know healthcare system is the way it is right now. And I'm really glad to see that more doctors are getting involved in the business of medicine because we cannot separate the money part completely for mm-hmm. from the health part. Because if we do we're not going to be able to take care of our most vulnerable populations, right? So what we need to do instead is perfect our art of medicine and then now use our brain that we've used to become excellent at being physicians, now transfer it into the other aspects of our medical, um, of our healthcare system, so that our patients can truly, truly benefit from, from great healthcare and at a good price.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, like you said, there's the delayed gratification and then you come out of residency and then you're like, okay, I'm in an attending. And I remember being in my first year of, of attending life and I'm like, this um, this money is amazing. Like I, was like I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. Like I'm getting paid so well. And all of a sudden you have all this money come in and some people don't know what to do with it, right? And I think um, some people are savers, some people are spenders. Um, And there can definitely be a trap there if your income goes up, but then you just start spending all of it because some people feel this need to kind of spend all of the money that they have coming in. So I'd love to like talk more about that and the mindset that comes along when you do have that increase in your income and and how maybe people need to think about it so that they can actually still get ahead. Because to me, it's really not only about how much money you're making, it's also about how much you're saving. And that's going to allow you to really build wealth over time.
1: Absolutely. And you're completely, completely correct that there's a huge shock when people go from residency or fellowship to become an attendant in terms of the money, right? You go from, you know, getting paid five bucks to getting 500 or $5,000, like whatever that amount of money is. And that's part of the work we're trying to do is get this information to med students, to residents, and just let them know that you, you can actually enjoy your money. You just don't have to grow your spending at the same rate as your income is coming. So one thing I try to tell people is this. If, you're, if your income is going up by, say, 10%, you don't have to inflate your lifestyle by 10%. It's okay to inflate it by 2%, by 3%, so you can treat yourself. Because life is not all about, like, you know, binge diet or constraint completely, you have to enjoy because life is a gift. And in fact, the more stringent your diet or your finances are, the more you're going to want to binge later. So the goal is to give yourself treats, but also understand that there's nothing called doctor life when it comes to finances. It's a myth. It doesn't exist, right? And it goes back to that idea of millionaire next door. I, I have people, and there's nothing wrong with having fancy cars or whatever, but I have people where you go in from resident and the first picture you get, it's like, now I can go spend and go nuts, right? So one thing I try to tell people is, yes, let your income go up but let your lifestyle also go up but don't let it go up on a 1 to 1 ratio let it be 30% let it be 20% so you can have a delta there that it can use to truly pay yourself and when i talk about paying yourself it's investing into yourself it's investing into like personal growth it's investing into your 401k into your roth into your savings into investment so that you just don't spend everything you have right now and now have to pay the consequence because um, you know, what ends up happening is when you don't have money, you have no say. When you have no money, even without knowing it, you unconsciously have fear about losing that money and you end up not being able to speak up completely in places where you need to speak up. And, you know, I don't want to see doctors walk in with a, you know, with a walker seeing patients in their 90s, <laughs> you know, or there's so much fear. We, we see all the older, not all, but we see a lot of older physicians that are like, you know, I need to retire, but like, I can't retire because I still have my student loans. Their student loans are older than them, right? Then, you know, than all their kids. And that's something I'm trying to teach people and encourage people. This is not like your Family pet. This is not like your favorite, I don't know, necklace that you keep around forever. No, I'm not saying get rid of your student debt necessarily really right there, but have a plan to eliminate it within 10, 15 years max after
0: graduating for training. We hope you're enjoying this podcast episode. Let's take a quick commercial break. Something is off and you are not feeling fulfilled in your current job. You're too early in your medical career to walk away from medicine completely, but something needs to change. Should you go part-time? Switch jobs or practices? Go into private practice? Should you do something non-clinical with your degree? Or maybe you're experiencing burnout and need to work through that first. There are lots of options, but it can be hard to figure out what you need, and what's best for you and your family. Well, as the co-founders of Women in White Coats, Dr. Amber and I are here to help work through burnout and figure out a career move too. We have been through numerous career transitions and know exactly how difficult it can be to make a decision and take the leap of faith that is required for a career move. As your coaches, we will help you work through burnout and gain clarity take back control of your medical degree and help you uncover the best career solution for you and your family to learn more about our women in white coats career transition coaching go to womeninwhitecoats.com yeah i mean i think what you said is so great there's so many good points there just the whole concept of like lifestyle creep, right? And like watching that lifestyle creep. And I've definitely heard a lot of financial advisors recommend like kind of live similar to your resident lifestyle for a while and build some wealth, right? Because it really doesn't matter if you're making 50,000 as a resident and if you're spending 50,000 for your lifestyle, Versus like if you're making 250 and you have a 250,000 lifestyle, like your basic net is zero, right? So you're mm-hmm. really not getting ahead. So it's so important to realize that you've got to start saving and building that wealth. And, and I also just love the whole concept of, and I'm rereading rich dad, poor dad. So this is kind of really fresh That's in my right. mind, um, which is just getting your money to work for you because the reality and what you're mentioning is like, you know, being a 90-year-old doctor walking around in a walker in, in the hospital, seeing patients, you know, like that means you are a slave to your job, you yep. know. And, and those are strong words that uh, Robert Kiyosaki uses in that in that um, book. But I mean, when you think about it, it really doesn't matter how high paying a job you have. But if you're never saving, you're always going to be a slave to your job. You're always going to be dependent on that income. And you can't just, you can't ever get ahead. So you've got to figure out ways to get your money to work for you. And part of that is like saving and then investing it.
1: Yeah. And I, it's great points. And I love that book. I mean, I've read it many times. I still really listen to it about a couple months ago because I always just get something new that I can talk to people about. And sometimes when I think I'm, I'm being even more conscious of some of the things that I say, and if you catch me saying any like terminologies that's not clear I want you to grab me back right Mm -hmm. one thing you said and I loved it it's that idea of uh, making your money work for you I think a lot of people have confusion about what that means and I'm actually going to do a video specifically about that because people are like what does that even mean so when we say making your money work for you it's this whole idea of how you make your income so most times as physicians when we go to work we see patients and that's when we get paid. And a lot of jobs are like that, right? But there are also some jobs. And if you think about them, how many hours do you have in a day, you don't want to work 24 hours a day. As physicians who probably work maybe 10 hours a day or averagely 10 to 12, 14 hours a day, but there's only a max amount of time in your day that you can exchange for money. So the question now is how can I make money while I sleep? How can I take this money that I'm making from burning my time, quote unquote, in the short term, I'm burning my time in the short term, and put it into places where I don't have to burn my time, right? Because that's how you prevent wear and tear is by decreasing overuse. And wear and tear is burnout, right? That's one of the ways I mean burnout is a complex topic. It's not all, it's I'm not saying it's your fault, but it's multiple layers to it. However, when you start to think how can I use this money that I'm making during the working hours To now put into things that can make money where I don't have to necessarily trade time for money. So that's things like investing in stocks. It's things like investing in real estate. It's things like creating products that can make money for you without you being there when it's being used. It's not like, oh, I'm selling one product. Now I got to go back home and rest because now I'm tired. No, it's like you're selling the product on a website. People are buying it. You have a system that's in place for people to help you get it and ship it. So that's how you make your money work for you is by figuring ways of making money in ways that's not requiring you to physically burn your time in a one-to-one ratio.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you explained that because that can be definitely a a very nebulous concept for people. But there's so many great ways to do that nowadays. And I think more and more uh, people, you know, just talking about the knowledge industry, for example, you know, which is like online courses and things like that. I mean, there's so or membership sites. Like there's so much that you can do. And, and, and as doctors, we have so much information and knowledge and experience um, that there's so many ways to share that. And, and I think I, I always love that as a great way. But of course, there's other ways like real estate and you know, writing books or doing other things, creating a brand. There's so many different ways to do that. But Um, I'd love to like talk a little bit more about um, that course that you, you were mentioning to me before we hit record that you are launching soon and what people can learn from it.
1: Absolutely. So I am super excited about this course. And so I'm, We're doing this recording now in December. I'm not sure when people are going to watch it. I'm actually at the tail end of a course that I'm running. It's an eight-week course, and it's an intro to personal finance, how to get women on their journey towards financial freedom, and it's been amazing. Okay. It's been amazing. The next one that I'm launching, it starts in January. I'm actually going to be, it's going to be selling only in the month of December. Um, It's going to be even more powerful because it's specifically about how to help women physicians manage their finances with intentionality and how to help them really understand their own psychology of of money so they can let it work in their favor. And it's, I, I like money. And the reason why I like money is this. I like money because it's like the eyes. It's the window to the soul, right? When people, the people that have the healthiest relationship with money have healthy relationships in all the places. So that's why I'm super excited about this course because we talk about your relationship with money, how you relate with yourself, how you learn to make mistakes, how you learn to avoid mistakes, how you learn to recall from mistakes, and how to redefine what failure means to you. And it's really tapping into that that area that I think a lot of our financial education in healthcare has been missing, which is the behavioral part of money. The reason why we're not doing what we know we want to do because the problem is. It's not that people don't know how to balance. It's not like people don't know that they need to have a spending plan, but it's all those mind blocks, the fear, the shame, the overwhelm, right? That I don't even know how to manage my, I mean, I, I can create, I mean, physicians can create budgets. Okay. We're like, we can, but we don't.
0: Mm-hmm. Why?
1: Because we think of things that that means to it. And that's what I do in this course. It's eight weeks. Um, it's, I'm pricing it to sell excellently well. I'm, I think I'm doing it for $2,000 this time. And it's going to be the lowest it's going to be. Because this is an amazing course. And I really hope that people get into it and learn all stuff the stuff want to online.
0: Yeah, definitely. And where can people go to learn more about, about your course?
1: Absolutely. So they can go on my website. It's www com and we can include a link to the you know to the youtube page or podcast but yeah they can go on there it's going to start selling the middle of december and i'm only selling it for two weeks and the reason why is i i love those programs I'm, i don't even necessarily call my programs courses per se i call them group programs and the reason why is i really like that group mindset. I really like that ability for us to learn from each other. And, um, you know, the course that I have going on right now, it's the program I have going on, it's pretty powerful because women not only learn from me, they learn from each other. So I've learned that when we have a, I'm I'm not going to say the number of people I'm going to open it up to, but it's not going to be many people. Uh, And the goal is for us to be in this group where we can all really learn from each other. So yes, go on there, register as soon as possible, because it may be gone by the time you rethink it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I completely agree about the power of um, community and group coaching. And I'd love to just chat for a second before we close out about just coaching in general, because I actually have had such, um, such powerful changes in my life and transformations in my life as a result of getting life coaching, receiving life coaching from others, from my coaches. And I think that, you know, I think really like the things, the stresses that we physicians are going through, especially now in COVID, but so much kind of um, limiting beliefs that are handed to us throughout our training, that we really need to like look at and reexamine and be like, is that even true? Or is this serving me to believe this? So I'd love to just chat. I mean, what do you think that's about? I actually personally believe that every physician really needs a life coach in some shape or form, whether it's on the money side of things, relationship, sometimes weight loss, whatever it may be, or maybe they're trying to start a business and need a business coach. I just find coaching so powerful.
1: I mean, I I love coaching. I haven't always loved coaching. In fact, when I go back to just a year and a half ago, I didn't even know what coaching was. And the way that I try to describe it to people is this, we've spent multiple six figures on our medical education. And that's why we're excellent at it. We invest at the time, we invest at the money. And in exchange for that, we go this high quality thing that makes us be amazing at what we do, right? So but the problem is that a lot of times we physicians fall into the, into the false thinking that we've already invested all we need to invest on in our growth. But what we need to start reframing and rethinking about is the fact that this is just one aspect of our life. There are so many other aspects that we haven't taken care of in like 10, 15 years that we need to start focusing on. So for example, I want to learn how to exercise better. I want to learn how to eat better. I want to learn how to have a healthy weight. Right. I've been working so hard and hustling it hard for so many years. I haven't really been able to focus on my body. I want to be able to do that. Right. But when we tell ourselves that the only thing that matters is our work in medicine and what I I mean, we're not outrightly saying that, but we're saying that based on where our money is going because I can tell who you are, I can tell what you value based on what you're putting your money into. So if you're not spending any money at all on your personal growth, in essence, you're telling yourself that your personal growth is not as important. And that's the thing we have to figure out, what are those things that I need to be well? Because no one is going to take care of you if you don't take care of yourself. So right now, maybe what I need to do is get, I cannot tell you how many times people go, I want to learn how to, not that we don't have the information, but I want to truly be able to have accountability in how I manage my weight, in how I manage the stresses in my life, in how I create boundaries, in how I learn the value in myself. And what all those things are, the way you learn them is by learning yourself, but also by having people that have the knowledge and the information, bring it to you in a way that's efficient and can keep you accountable. And that's what coaching means, right? Coaching doesn't mean someone's going to come and teach you and sit down and like school, you know, it's someone that's actually going to help you put a mirror up, show you what you're thinking, show you how your, how your thoughts can actually help you improve your life or help you just get the results that you want to do. And they're going to help you set the ball in motion and getting you going on the lines of how it, can can I do that? What actions? And sometimes what they do is they give you those ideas and other times they get you to come up with those ideas yourself because it's all there. It's just buried under dust. And so what a coach does is to blow up the dust from the surface so that you can fly. And I agree with you. We all need coaches I personally have, I think, four coaches for different parts of my life right now. Um, It may sound overwhelming. It's not. I'm a money coach, right? I'm not telling you to waste your money. So when I tell you that I have four coaches, it's really because I'm getting value from it. And best money, it's a no-brainer for me. Mm -hmm. Zero-brainer. I mean, this is the first year that I have spent this much on my own personal development. But honestly, I personally account how well I'm doing in the middle of this crazy pandemic to the coaching that I have in my life. And I'm I'm super grateful for that. And I hope that every physician and especially every woman physician, because I'm biased towards women. Yes, I said that I am. I hope that every single woman physician is able to take care of herself in that way.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. I love that whole quote you just said. I got to write that down, that coaching is blowing the dust off of yourself (laughs) so that you can fly. And it's so true because it's just, we got to re-examine these things that we've been thinking for so long and how they impact us. So thank you so much. This was wonderful, Latifat. And um, I really appreciate you taking the time to be here.
1: Of course. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me here. And I look forward to working with you in the community.
0: Hi there, Women Docs. We hope you've been loving this podcast and feel uplifted at the end of each and every episode. If so, we would really appreciate it if you could give us a five-star rating and write us a positive review. Those reviews help us get the word out and help uplift and empower more women doctors. But you know what? We'd love to meet up with you in person. So head on over to womeninwhitecoats.com and sign up to become a member of our supportive tribe. When you do, you will be the first to hear about meetups in your area, as well as upcoming live events. You'll also get our latest blog articles and podcasts delivered straight to your inbox. And you'll be the first to find out about the next time we open up our virtual Doctors Lounge, an online membership community created just for women doctors, where each month we run masterclasses with guest experts and masterminds on topics relevant to women doctors. While you're on our website, womeninwhitecoats.com, order your copy of our number one best-selling book, The Chronicles of Women in White Coats. Oh, and be sure to follow us on social media too. On Instagram, you'll find us at womeninwhitecoatsblog, and on Facebook, you can find us at womeninwhitecoats. Can't wait to meet up soon.